0: Hi. Last night I attempted to do a live Mets Musings, and due to some technical issues uh, that we had, I wasn't able to accomplish that. We were able to record it, an episode last evening, which you will see in its entirety in just a minute. But I felt compelled with the news coming out today about Terry Collins and the smear campaign against this man that has been started now by so-called Mets sources and Mets players, a uh, couple unnamed Met player uh, who said that uh, you couldn't talk to him and uh, he played favorites and uh, articles now coming out about how he may have ruined pitchers, may have been responsible for familiar surgery and whatnot. And I have to tell you, I'm outraged by this. I'm outraged by this because whether you love Terry Collins or not, believe me, he has made a ton of mistakes and has not been the greatest X and O's manager that there is. But why haven't we heard this before? Why now, with three games left in the season... When the rumors have been out there that he is going to get fired, why is it chose now to belittle this man and to smear his name three days before? This has the fingerprints of Sandy Alderson and or Jeff Wilpon all over it. And I just, just because the guy didn't say what he said, he may not want to retire now. So now they are going to smear him because they don't have the cojones to just fire him or let him go. Do they want to be perceived as Mr. Nice Guy? It's not working. People know. And it just stinks. To high heaven. And look, it could all be true. But it just stinks to high heaven that it's got to come out now. When this man is on the verge of his contract not being renewed or retiring. And to a guy that's given his life to baseball. For these lowlifes, whoever they are. And that goes for the players too. that spoke anonymously. They are lowlifes. And it's a damn shame that a person's career is thrown out like that so easily because he didn't listen to Terry Collins all the time? Well, I applaud him for not listening to the general manager. That's why you hire a manager. I want a manager that uses his head and uses his gut to take a chance. And not somebody that goes through a book and says, okay, let's do this. Or takes or listens to the general manager all the time. I don't want that type of manager. And again, everything could be true. 100%. The timing of it stinks. There's no need for that to have come out now. And Mark Kerrig, who's a fine writer, is doing uh, uh, an injustice to journalism. If he sat on this for a number of years and released it now, it's a hatchet job. This is the same reminiscent hatchet job that was done to Tom Seaver by Dick Young and and the minions of Donald Grant when they wanted to trade Seaver by making him the bad guy. And this smells the same way. And I am not happy about it. And 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 you folks out there can disagree with me. That's fine. I, I really I, I I really can't help that. And other people have their their own minds. But as I've said, whether you hate Terry Collins or not, whether you hate him as a manager, you hated the way he managed or not, nobody, nobody deserves this. Nobody at all. And especially a man who's been here this long and has done a lot for this organization. So I just wanted to address that before we started the regular show. And here is Mets Musings number 301. Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to episode number 301 of Mets Musings. Hope everybody had a good week out there. Hey, the Mets won three in a row. That's a pretty good uh, start towards 2018, perhaps, but we can't wait for the season to end, and and yet we'll want the new one to begin just as soon as we can because it's the alternative, football or whatever. So uh, we'll be waiting for the uh, baseball season to roll around again, and uh, somebody that's going to help me wait over the long, cold winter is my co host on the baseball talk radio show and the host of Phillies Talk and Mets are playing the Phillies this week. His name is Rich Baxter and Rich, welcome to Mets Musings.
1: Hello, Mr. Gary Mack, and congratulations on your last show, the three hundredth episode of Mets Musings. That's a real milestone and congratulations to you.
0: Well, thanks, Rich. Uh, It's uh, a lot of work, as you know, uh, what we do. And uh, it's great to uh, get that out of the way. Now it's on to the end of the season. Rich, can you believe it? It's the final season. I mean, the final series of the season. And uh, it is the Mets and the Phillies. And and, uh, I guess it's apropos that these teams end up with each other towards the end of the year. Very
1: apropos, as you said, and I I almost feel like Rip Van Winkle. I just woke up, and now the season's over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know how you feel. It it, it just kind of went by so fast. We had it, and then it was gone, and uh, I don't know where the heck uh, it went to, but it did fly by, and of course, uh, both of our teams have struggled this year. And uh, the Phillies uh, have been playing some good ball lately, though, Rich. And, and they're guaranteed not to lose 100 games. That's something. And uh, playing pretty well, as I said. What's been, uh, what's been in the water there in the last couple of months?
1: Well, they brought up a couple younger players from AAA. And that seemed to make the difference. Uh, Reese Hawkins has been absolutely on fire for the Phillies since they brought him up on august 10th um if you ask me i think he would have been the uh, rookie of the year if the phillies had brought him up a little sooner and uh, i would look out for him next year possibly if he could stay on this pace that he's on uh, he's done unbelievably for the phillies as have a couple of other guys and as you said gary the phillies have really found themselves here late in the season i'm not so sure uh that they are all gelling together, but they're certainly winning ballgames. They won two out of three from the Washington nationals in the last series here at home in Philadelphia. And I'll tell you if the Washington nationals play like they did against the Phillies, uh, in the playoffs, they're going to be in trouble because they've, they've stumbled, uh, and they didn't look good in the series against the Phillies. Um, prior to that, um, the Phillies were playing the Dodgers in a four-game series. They won three out of four from them. So uh, yeah, rose. You know, it's looking a little rosy here for the Phillies. All of a sudden.
0: and like I said, the Mets won uh, three out of four against Atlanta. Need one more to get to seventy wins. Uh, I think they're going to do it this weekend. Sorry, uh, Rich, but uh, I, I think the Mets can win at least one and get to that magic 70 mark Uh, magic this year I guess not so in the past but uh, it's kind of an anticlimactic series as well as we say because of both teams and um, this is going to affect the draft pick to a certain extent so uh, what's the feeling in Philadelphia that they uh, they want the higher draft pick or are they just going out there and trying to win some games
1: uh, believe it or not, I haven't heard too much talk about draft pick position with the Phillies. Of course, they were in the bottom of the basement most of the season. Uh, a lot of true fans stuck with them. I think uh, the other day they only had 16,000 uh, at the stadium to watch baseball there with the Nationals. Uh, but there is a core of fans that have stuck with the Phillies. And. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to the series with the Mets. Uh, As you said, both teams struggled this year. The Phillies, in my opinion, struggled more than the Mets. But here at the end of the season, the Mets are only uh, five or six games above where the Phillies are. So it's uh, pretty amazing um, for both teams, actually. Uh, And I'm looking forward to the series. I'll probably be at the Sunday matchup in person there in Philadelphia. And uh, what do you feel about a road trip? Would you like to uh, join me there maybe?
0: Well, I would love to, Rich. But uh, unfortunately, you know, the uh, Mrs. has the weekend planned and it doesn't include a road trip to Philadelphia. So uh, I think I'm going to have to take a bye on that. But uh, as I keep telling everybody, hopefully next year I'm going to be retired. So... (laughs) That opens up more possibilities than, uh, but it. But uh, gee, I wish I could go to the last of the game of the season. But I don't know wearing that Mets gear in Philly uh, could be a dangerous proposition for me.
1: I hear you, but there's plenty of Met fans that that go down uh, catch the games. Now years ago when the Phillies were doing really well, I don't know if I would advise that. But <laughs> now there's not many fans. In the stands in Philadelphia, you guys might uh, outnumber Phillies fans this weekend uh, down there at the stadium.
0: Well, that's really a shame, too, because for years, the Phillies, uh, you couldn't get a ticket to a Philly game. It was always sold out and and uh but i guess it's like anything else same thing here at city field you know uh if you're not winning it uh it just hurts everything and uh it there's no exception to that rule i I don't think even toronto uh years ago sold out when they were winning all the time now they are uh struggling with crowds as well so uh it, it affects everybody but um you mentioned a couple of guys, Reese Hoskins in particular. This guy's had an unbelievable uh, second half, or actually since he came up, he's been unbelievable. Uh, the last time the Mets were in Philly, they saw him, and he uh, I think he had just come up at that time, if I'm not mistaken, and was struggling, uh, couldn't get a hit, and then he got his first major league hit. But uh, he's really went on a test since then. It's really quite uh, something to uh, build around. Is that what the Phillies have in mind? You think they will build around a guy like that?
1: Well, we've seen some first-year success with other players uh, in the past. Um, Dominic Brown had some high hopes for the Phillies. We've seen a couple other players uh, as well um, look pretty good for them for a short time. Um, But then the second season they did not uh, equal the um, success of the first season. So I think the Phillies have time with Reese Hoskins. I I don't think they're in any rush to uh, anoint him the uh, second coming of Babe Ruth, so to speak. Um, (laughs) But he's certainly had a great first half. And, you know, the concern is maybe pitchers will figure him out over time and He has cooled down in the last week or so. Not that uh, he should hit a home run every time he's up. He certainly uh, produced some monster numbers uh, in just a short time. So I I think the Phillies are conservatively uh, optimistic, I guess, is the best word uh, to use about Reese Hoskins. And they're certainly happy that he's had success since they brought him up
0: and the word around here of course is that uh, we'll be having a new manager as of next week and um any rumors in philly about the philly manager will he be back next year he, he's actually done not a bad job considering what he w- with the talent he had uh anything on him whether or not he'll be back and and where does he stand
1: Well, I believe he's signed through 2018. They did extend him um, through next season. He has done a good job for the Phillies. I don't know still if he's the guy that you're going to look at for the next three to five years with the Phillies, even if he was to stay on for the whole season in 2018. Um, He's been with the Phillies for a number of years, been around baseball Uh, for many, many years. I think 50 years uh, it was announced um, a few months ago. But, uh, yeah, I don't see a problem with him as much as you said. His hands were tied. Um, Certain players didn't produce as well. Uh, Adubo Herrera comes to mind, even though he has about 45 doubles uh, on the season. I think it's a little less than that. But uh, he... He has been inconsistent in the sense that he's almost taken over the role of Jimmy Rollins on the baseball club. And he's even a guy that has hustled less than Jimmy Rollins on many occasions and hasn't really faced the music from the fans as much as a, as a Jimmy Rollins would when he was with the Phillies. For some reason, Oduble is getting a lot of passes. Um, he's not running balls out. On certain plays like, uh, you know, you, I could have a 10 examples of plays he did not <laughs> run out uh, in this season. So, you know, for baseball fans like myself and others in Philadelphia, we notice these things. And, you know, even though he's a good player, he can track down a baseball uh, out in the outfield like nobody else. His offense leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion.
0: And and I think it's the lapse of judgment too that these players have, and and look, the Mets have this shit too. But uh, you know, these guys just—you look at them sometimes, and it seems like they don't care. And and I, you know, you know deep down that they do care, but it just seems that way sometimes. And it's just amazing to me that you're playing this game that everybody would love to play, uh, and and you look like you're just dogging it and and that's not a good thing right
1: exactly and you know I don't want to dog Odubel Herrera too much I think he's a g- very good player he verges on being great and just for the example you just gave there uh, not hustling on every play there's no excuse for that and that knocks him down a peg I mean looking at his stats here as I'm talking to you and he's he's got almost a 300 batting average career at Citizens Bank Park so not too many players uh, can do that and the Phillies saw some promise in him they gave him a nice contract at over 30 million for I believe five years so he was a player that sort of uh, came out of nowhere so to speak and now he's got a nice contract. He's got a, an opportunity to even go further than that. Uh, should he excel and just constantly keep his head in the game and constantly focus, as you said, about hustling and caring about every single play on the field?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. that That's the big thing that seems to uh, infect uh, young players in the major leagues. They just and, and they may be trying hard, but it just, they give the impression that they're not, and, and that's a terrible thing. But we were talking before, talking a little bit about the pitching matchups. You mentioned, uh, I think it was DeGrom and Harvey and uh, Lugo, was it? I forget. You have them there. Um, how about the young pitchers for the Phillies? Uh, what about them, and uh, are they. Um, are they happy with the staff uh, going into 2018, or is there a possibility they'll be adding? They're always adding, but uh, is there any young guys that they'd like to see more of?
1: Well, Aaron Nola is somebody that they're banking on uh, big time for 2018, I would think. Uh, he had a great season for the Phillies, uh, who were, we got to face it, a bad baseball team. He still won 12 games on the season. He has 184 strikeouts with a 3.54 ERA. Uh, so I, I would think the Phillies are very happy with him. Um, some of the other pitchers, I'm not too sure of. Um, they have Jared Eikhoff. Uh He's four and eight. I think they expected better from him. He's got a 4.71 ERA as we almost close out the season here and like you said I'm really shocked there's only three games left in the season <laughs> and then we're gonna have a long what about six months wait uh, until the start
0: of 2018 uh it's terrible terrible uh, the only it may might only be five if the World Series goes long because uh, they're starting in March 29th so I guess spring training will be up. A couple of weeks earlier so uh i haven't seen any reporting dates for spring training quite quite yet so uh it's a possibility it it won't be as long as in the past but then then you can't wait for the uh winter meetings to come
1: yeah yeah that's for sure they have the uh round of of all meetings and off-season transactions Speaking of transactions, you guys have a lot of good pitchers. Do you want to send one to the <laughs> Phillies?
0: Well, we don't know what we've got uh, because they've all been so injured and uh, we don't know who's going to come back and be healthy next year. But uh, I don't know. What what can you give us in return now? We need a, a third baseman and a second baseman and, uh, we took one of your catchers though. You had traded him already in Darno. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can talk.
1: Well, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, the Mets and the Phillies can do a transaction. They really haven't made any transactions in a long time between teams. Um, I wouldn't mind a Matt Harvey on the Phillies for 2018. <laughs> Could maybe give you a Mikel Franco and somebody else, possibly. He could play a nice third base.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, you never know. We'll see what happens. Um, so what what will the uh, Phillies be looking to, to uh, shore up in uh, this winter of 2017 going into the season of
1: 2018? I think they're... Most pressing need right now is pitching. Um, they don't seem to have a good one-two combination, um, and that's where I would focus my acquisition if I was a general manager or the team president, whoever's calling the shots there for the Phillies, um, or even ownership. But you know, there's a need for pitching in Philadelphia. They've they've had some uh, good starts from some of the younger guys, but nothing that you're going to be able to bank on, like a uh, Arietta or uh, somebody like that. And I believe Arietta may be available uh, this off season, so I, I would think the Phillies they have they should have a lot of money to spend. They haven't been spending all that much money lately, and they need that one-two punch from the rotation.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say with the, with the, do they have the money? Uh, because there are some good starting pitches. Uh, you mentioned Arrieta. You Darvish is another one that will be a free agent unless the Dodgers uh, lock him up, of course. But right as of right now, he's scheduled to be a free agent. Uh, i was trying to think. There's a couple of other guys that are scheduled as well uh, to uh, become free agents, and uh, maybe the Phillies can lock up somebody.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what they really need, uh, even though Aaron Nola has done well for the Phillies. I'm not so sure he's your ace of the team, so to speak, and they need that ace. They need somebody that they can bank on, like uh, Chris Sale went to the Red Sox, and the, the Red Sox can bank on a guy like that. You need somebody that's going to go out there, and you could almost chalk them up for a win on any given start. So if the Phillies can do that, they, they seem to have their offense firing pretty well late in the season here in 2017. So, you know, they just need some pitching in my opinion.
0: And do you think they would, uh, uh, take a chance and go to the, the, uh, uh, trading route to try to bring home a pitcher at all. Uh, they'll have a high draft pick. Would they be willing to trade a uh, a number one pick to get a perhaps a starter from another team or uh, you know let's say for the Mets for instance uh, uh, Matt Harvey or somebody for a number one pick and uh, something else uh, would they be willing to do a deal like that?
1: I don't know if they would trade a first pick for a Matt Harvey, but the Phillies do have some players that the Mets specifically might be interested in. Uh, Michael Franco is almost guaranteed to move somewhere in the offseason. It seems like the Phillies are are wanting to give J.P. Crawford a chance on this team. Uh, And just a year or two ago, Franco was supposed to be your long-term guy with the Phillies. I remember. Yeah, things change fast. In baseball, uh, Tommy Joseph, another name that's very good at first base. I'm not sure if the Mets need a first baseman, but he'll probably be available uh, unless he can get like a bench type of uh, situation with the Phillies coming off of the bench in 2018, and that's a possibility. Uh, He does have power, Um, but the Phillies uh, do have a couple players that they could trade. They they could even trade an Oduble Herrera if necessary. They have uh, Aaron Altair and Nick Williams. All of a sudden, they're 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 pretty stocked with outfielders uh, on this team. So a guy like Odubel Herrera could be a good uh, acquisition for any ball club at this point.
0: Yes, he probably would be, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. This is a good time. Let's take a break here and. Uh, Rich, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the Nationals going to the playoffs and a little bit of that, some thoughts on the playoffs, if that's okay with you. And uh, uh, let's go and hear some messages. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy,
1: author of the Legend of Mickey Tusler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus of Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows check it out my show and all kinds of other programs all about major league baseball so check it out that's baseballpodcast.net the home for great baseball talk shows the Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better hi my name is Rich Baxter and I host Phillies Talk Podcast I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings.
0: Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. And we're back, and I'm joined this evening by my good friend and uh, fellow co host. He's the host of Phillies Talk. He's also uh, co hosting with me the Baseball Talk Radio show, Rich Baxter. And Rich, before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, the, the playoffs and everything. Uh, as far as the NL East goes this year, it's only going to be one team, the winner of this, the division. And that is the Washington Nationals. They'll be the only team going from uh, our division. But um, you mentioned that they looked uh, somewhat shaky last time they played the Phillies. Uh, What do you think their chances are going to be this year? Well, I
1: I feel bad for the Nationals, to be honest with you. They're playing the Cubs. Uh, The Cubs are sort of in an underdog role. But they're a team that's been there. Of course, they're World Series winners. Last year, and they seem to have find a magic during the postseason uh, that's unparalleled. Um, you know, these players just sort of bond together and they don't let the um, pressure of the playoffs bother them, uh, it seems to me. So it's going to be an interesting series, but if I had to pick one team, I would have to pick the Cubs. And um, just because the Nationals have never been able to, to go further, Uh, Into the playoffs, and I think the Cubbies have, even though they've been criticized for their starting pitching, they still have uh, great starting pitching. And if those guys suddenly wake up in the postseason, I think it'll be a quick series against the Nationals.
0: Yeah, well, I I think you're right, but you know the Nationals don't have slouches pitching either, which. (laughs) Uh, with uh, Stroudsburg and uh, Scherzer and, uh, you know, Gonzalez there. So they've got a formidable pitching staff, too. They just got Harper back, though he was sitting today or yesterday. He was still sore. So uh, that could be an issue. They need Harper. They would have loved to have him at 100%, but perhaps he's not going to be that quite uh, but he will be back, so it, it should be an interesting series. As you say, though, the Cubs have been there; they're playing good ball right now. Uh, Nationals have uh, been so-so, and uh, it still should be a good series. And and uh, hopefully uh, they'll maybe they'll move on. You kind of I know we're in that division and we can't stand them, but you almost kind of like to see them. Uh, move on a series for a change, and and because they're always getting knocked out, it seems in that division series.
1: Yeah the the biggest thing that the Nationals have going for them is they have the first two games at home. If they can win those first two games at home, they will put the Cubs back on their heels and force them to run the table against the Nats, and that's really the only way I can see them taking this series if they sweep both games uh which is friday october 6th and saturday october 7th uh, in washington and then the series shifts over to chicago on monday october 9th so if the nats can win both games at home that to
0: me is the only way that they're going to win this series and that's the key to it all, and and hopefully uh, maybe next year our teams will be battling in that uh, that as well.
1: Yeah, I would welcome the chance to even have a chance at the wild card, but you know you can't win every year. Baseball runs in cycles. It seems um, a team's really good for a couple years, and then uh, for one reason or another, they they fall apart. So. We're kind of used to that in Philadelphia. We've had many years of that, so what can you
0: do? Yeah, well, if, yes, the Phillies had that uh, that nice run back in uh, the early mid two uh, thousands, and uh, they got a world championship out of it. So really, can't complain too much. At least it's been within the last thirty years.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> from oh <laughs> from oh seven to probably. 2010 was probably the best run that the Phillies have had arguably in many years. I mean, the 70s, they had a great run. Uh, They were over 100 wins in the mid-70s, battling the Dodgers back and forth. Uh, Of course, 1980, when they won the World Series, they had Pete Rose and some other great players, Steve Carlton, uh, Sarge, was in uh, 1983, the World Series. Uh, I think he was the MVP of the, um, the Phillies for one of those games. But um, I, I just think that the Phillies have um, sort of been on that tide and they're just down at the bottom right now and they're waiting to, uh, to rise up for 2018. And I see some, some big improvements for them for 2018. I'm, I'm being optimistic already.
0: Well, uh, hopefully uh, you're right. And uh, big improvements for the Phillies, big improvements for the Mets. And we'll see where 2018 takes us. I want to thank you so much, Rich, for coming on the show tonight.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Gary. And everyone, uh, enjoy the playoffs, even though our teams aren't going to be in it. The 113th World Series. Is going to begin towards the end of october and i hope every one of your listeners enjoys it and i thank you for inviting me on the program a couple times this year
0: anytime my friend and, and i'll be back right after this looking for great cardinals talk then check out conversations with c70
1: my name is daniel Shofta, and i talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their
0: teams but it always goes back to the cardinals Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now, don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. 5166196341 that is the comment To do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1.
1: With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack.
0: And we're back, and I've got some news uh, to uh, go before we call it an evening. Uh, in addition to searching for a manager, Terry Collins is said to have managed his last home game, which was last evening, and uh, moving on to a new coach, a new manager next season. Another guy who may be gone is Dan Wathin who I have been calling for if you're a listener of the show. The 64-year-old Wathan is the longest-tenured member of the Mets field staff, have to, having assumed pitching coach duties in June 2008. After Rick Peterson was fired, along with manager Willie Randolph, um, they're talking about top contenders. Is an article I believe in the Post the other day, and uh, they mentioned Ricky Bonus and uh, the organization's minor league pitching coordinator, Ron Romanik, um, are the top candidates. And Frank Viola, who spent the last four seasons as pitching coach Triple-A Las Vegas, they say is unlikely to be considered for the job. I, I don't understand this. I don't understand what this organization is doing. Viola has had all of these pitchers, pitchers in Las Vegas. They have all come through him. He has handled all of them. He knows all of them. And And they're not even going to be considering for the job? I just find that hard to believe. Now, maybe a clue into their thinking is Romanik, the pitching coordinator, I believe is the pitching coach in Oakland with uh, Bob Guerin. So this could be a disaster. Guerin, Romanik coming in here? I I don't know. I'm not a big Guerin fan. I'd like to see uh, Joe McEwen get the coaching job, the manager's job, I should say. And uh, the Post reported the uh, candidates for Collins' job is Robin Ventura, Alex Cora, Kevin Long, Bob Guerin, and Chip Hale. I'm not big on uh, Guerin. I'm sorry. It's a retread. Didn't do that good in Oakland. And uh, well, let's get a guy like McEwing who stresses fundamentals and is uh, a youngish guy and uh, may relate more with these guys Let's bring in somebody different, please. I just, oh, I'm ready to fall asleep from these old guys. Jose Reyes is in the final days of his current contract, but he expressed interest in re-signing with the Mets. After Wednesday night's game, he went two for five, and he told reporters he'd like to call Citi Field his home for another season. Uh, He said, this is my home. The Mets are my home. I want to end my career as a Met. He came back last year in the middle of last season, compiled a 267 average. He hit over 60 games to help the Mets enter the postseason. He struggled this year, but he's hitting 245 now, got his average up, hitting 306 since September 1st, something along that line. So that's pretty good. He really uh, built it back up. So uh, he'll be 35 next year. And with Flores and Gavin Cicchini and Matt Reynolds and T.J. Rivera returning, there may be little room for a veteran like him. Uh, And it looks like they'll take Astro Cabrera back. Uh, I would not pick up Cabrera's option. I would pick up Jose Reyes. He still has speed. He is very, very good with the young players and uh, very close to Ahmad Rosario, so I would uh, pick up Jose Reyes. I would keep him in the fold. And Mets right-handed relievers Eric Goodell and uh, A.J. Ramos are both battling bicep tendinitis and are day-to-day um Goodell, uh, one run and in one inning against the Braves on Monday after allowing four runs and a third of an inning during his prior appearance against the Marlins. He dealt with dizziness and blurred vision earlier this month, resulting in him not pitching from September 6th to September 17th. Uh, Ramos last pitched on Friday when he allowed one hit, walked one in a third of an inning. He allowed uh, three runs on five hits while walking one, striking out two and two thirds of an inning last Tuesday. So Um, Ramos and Goodell uh, the injuries continue even down to the wire we still got guys getting hit Uh, Hurt, I should say. All right, we've got another long list here I was going to read, but now it's just I think it's too long. Uh, You can look it up. The Mets have announced their 2017 Instructional League roster. There are a group of Mets prospects who are taking part, including the Mets' first-round draft picks from uh, from the prior two drafts, and that would be Justin Dunn. Uh, is on that roster as well as Anthony K. Be the first time K makes an appearance in a Met uniform of any kind uh, because uh, he was drafted and had Tommy John surgery and coming back and he will pitch in the in- instructional league. Some other guys, uh, let's see, Ali Sanchez is a catcher who was in the camp, Jay Jabs. Uh, Peter Alonzo, who's going to work on his defense. He was a draft pick last year out of college, power-hitting first baseman. They want him to work on his glove a little. He'll be in uh, in the Arizona Fall League. Wilma Becerra came over in the um Darnot trade. Wagner LaGrange, who was draft pick this year, uh, played with Brooklyn. He'll be there. Johan Urena. Jacob Zanin another ex um, another uh, ex uh, uh, cyclone uh looks like Thomas Zapuki may be there uh, Blake Tiberi I don't I don't think Zapuki will be there he'll be he'll be there but he'll be on rehab. Uh, because uh, he ha- just had Tommy John surgery, I believe, this season. So, uh, and then they'll have some other guys, um, from the recent international free agent signing class the shortstop Ronnie Mauricio, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, an outfielder, and a center fielder, Stanley Consuegra. So, um, you can look it up and see if you're interested in who the instructional league roster is going to be this year. A uh, long list of pitchers, as uh, the Mets are known to have, um, catchers, or all kinds of stuff. So uh, go check it out online. All right. Last season series against the Phillies. Need one win for 70. I uh, was hoping it would be reversed. But it's not, so let's uh, try to grab uh, whatever we can and be happy with it and uh, go on to next year. And we'll be back each week, hopefully, with uh, another edition of Mets Musings and uh, hopefully things will work out some of the kinks that we had. But until the next time, remember to keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.